Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. We apologize for taking off last week. It was the Chinese New Year. I was actually out of town because I work at a toy company and there was Toy Fair last week, so I got to see all the cool new toys coming out and stuff, and they're pretty awesome. Fantasy Flight for their Star Wars miniature game is coming out with like a Star Destroyer, TIE Fighter combination thing. It's epic. As always, I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host... Ben Bateman. And we're talking about the state of modern. So last time we talked to you guys, we were just off the Pro Tour. Since then, we've now had a uh, modern GP, uh, GP Vancouver. Um, And there's been some controversy. A lot of pros are not happy with the format. Yeah, I mean, people have uh, people have their opinions. You know, we you hear this a lot. Every format, you hear this really a lot. There's there's at some point the eternal formats all reach a point where pros are complaining and people right. have points of view. And we, as a modern podcast, really want to get into it and talk about this a little bit today. There's a few really interesting articles that we read. There were three articles written: one by Ari Lax, one by Paulo Vitor Di Damarosa. I hope I said his name right. I probably didn't. And last by Matt Sperling, who actually is a guest of ours today on the podcast. We, yeah, uh, he'll be joining us a little bit later. We're going to break down what happened over the Pro Tour, what happened over GP Vancouver, um, and talk about you know what the format looks like right now, and then we'll bring Matt on. Excellent. I'm going to let you take it away, Alex. Uh, so, before we get started, I do want to also remind you, follow us on Twitter. Tweet at us while you're listening to us. Shout out your opinions. Do you think Water's broken? Do you think you want cards added? We are at the MMCast on Twitter. And... We ourselves have names, and we're not going to tell you them, because ha, 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 you'll have to wait till the end to find out. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pro Tour, Pro Tour Fate Reforged, the modern the modern Pro Tour that wasn't supposed to happen. It's the little to- Pro Tour that could. So many metaphors. <laughs> so, originally, there wasn't supposed to be a modern Pro Tour. They announced this year all standard, and the community, including ourselves, shouted out in vain, and they gave it to us. They said, because... you know what, we realized this was a mistake. Modern is is worth playing. Yeah, let's let's uh, make modern masters happen and, and push the format, and then just strip you of the pro tour. Right, great right, idea, right, right. guys. <laughs> and you know, right before this one, we had just come off of the situation where Delve had taken over Modern, so they banned Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise. They also banned uh, Birthing Pod because they wanted to mix up the format, bef- not just bring us back to what it was before. You know, uh, Concept of Cure was added, and they also gave us Golgari Grave Troll. Now, of these cards, Pod obviously leaving left a huge power vacuum that was pretty much filled by Pod without Pod. Right, <laughs> um, yep. And it, the Treasure Cruise decks basically took a giant shotgun back to the blue player's face and brought us back to green-black, mid-range being the deck of choice for the format. So what you see, and, and but interesting enough, Twin won. Blue is dead. The first modern Pro Tour was won by Twin, and the most recent modern right. Pro Tour was won by so Twin. Right, so Twin won two in a row. Uh, also, Amulet Bloom has made great showings in both both the GP and the Pro Tour. So, Amulet Bloom was kind of the big come-out deck. We talked about it last podcast. Um, that's what we did the deck tech on. And, you know, it, it made the top two of the first, last Pro Tour, and then two copies of it made it into the Pro Tour, uh, or, sorry, into the GP Vancouver's top eight. So, this is an interesting thing to talk about, because we always talk about Modern is supposed to be a turn four format. We all know that there are a number of decks that have existed, such as Eggs, various others, Storm... They try to ban them if they get out of hand, but th- these are decks that can win on turns one, two, or three, respectively. And they don't right. have a lot of consistency, usually, because if they had it, they would have banned cards earlier. But this deck, in particular, has the ability to actually win the game on turn one and a half, uh, and it can resolve a Primeval Titan... No, it can run on turn zero. 
Well, Amulet Bloom can win before I unt- before I draw before I like I play like if you're on the play you can win before the other person. This is like one and a half. If you're turn. on the play, you pass the turn to them, so it's their first turn. So one and a half. They, you pass the turn to them on their upkeep, they lose. Right, right. So that's that's the, the best, fastest way I can win by resolving a hive mind on turn one with a crazy combination of cards and then resolving a pact, which they can't pay for. Right, right, right. Or you can resolve a primeval titan on turn one. But often, turn two primeval titan with this deck is a thing that happens with some consistency, some regularity. It's actually not that crazy. Uh, so what is good or bad about that? When we're thinking about is modern is healthy or is it not healthy? So the major complaint for a lot of pros is modern is has too many different linear strategies that attack on too many different levels that it's impossible to be reactive in the format. It's it, And this has kind of been a complaint since the beginning of modern. If you go back and read articles about after the first modern pro tour, the one where... Uh, Infect and Blazing Shoal kind of took the whole format by storm, is everyone's like, I, I it's only proactive decks. It's only stuff like Affinity or Infect or Storm where you're doing your game plan, and if I don't have my specific sideboard card that is only good against your deck in my 75 and available to me consistently, then I'm just going to lose to you. So the complaint is that there aren't enough sideboard slots that if you want to be able to pack a sideboard or a deck full of answers for every one of these unfair linear strategies that can beat you on turns two to five with some regularity, you have to basically go high velocity with three to four to five copies of a card to battle some number of those. But if you don't face up against those specific ones with that sideboard in mind, you'll just lose. You won't have an answer. You'll just get trampled because if you're going to win on turn four with creatures, they'll win on turn three with something you can't interact with because you don't have the right sideboard. Right. And... and it promotes variance the flaw and parity. Of this and Sperling will talk Lack about this parody. when we when he comes on. Is you know Thoughtseize and Liliana are the reactive. It's just a little bit more preactive than pros are 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 generally interested in. They want to be able to just have cards that are good against everything and are good as soon as possible to be good against everything. And this is a format where that's not really how it works. This is a format where you have to proactively stop their game plan. You have to thought seize them into abrupt decay their threat into Lilianing, locking them out of the game. And that, for some reason, is a way of playing that, like, that is a controlling or answer-driven way of playing that a lot of pros seem to not like. But you'll notice when you watch Junk or Abzan, this strategy you're talking about, go in a mirror, it's this sort of weird resource exchange where you're just sort of like, which one of us is going to have a relevant card before the other one that sticks on the table that doesn't get removed or stripped from my hand to try to win the game with? Right. Whereas if you're playing one of these linear strategies and you get Thoughtseize, you're just like, this isn't fun at all. The thing I was going to do doesn't get to happen now because you took it out of my hand before I could play it. So it's a case, it's truly... Well, this was also one of my arguments before for why Bloodbraid Elf needs to come back, is I think it's actively on parity with Sage Rhino, and it gives enough... Do you mean Siege Rhino? Siege Rhino. <laughs> and it gives... Uh... <laughs> Reason enough to balance the two, like, it makes, I think part of the reason is that my choice is this 30% of the field deck that everyone already knows exists and is playing, and it's pretty 50% against the field, there's no advantages to it. If I have a choice between this, or, like, Podless Pod Abzan, or uh, Wilted Leave Abzan, or Jund, that's offering a much larger card, like, choice for pros to make to actually, you know, try and gain those percentage points that they're not. Beyond that, you know, there are a lot of pros out there that grew up in, in the world of blue. I love blue cards. Blue cards are the best control cards out there. Well, right now, the control card's black. That's the color. Because you have Thoughtsies, Liliana, and, kill, you know, kill spells. So th- now we're in this realm of, oh, but I want to be able to counter my opponent's things. I don't have to, like, make them discard ahead of time and then just lose when they top deck. 
So with that in mind, you have a few different opinions from a few different pros. The, the three in question that we mentioned all wrote articles. Now, we're just going to give you a very, very quick overview of what their points were before we get into a conversation with Matt Sperling. Uh, Paulo, his major point was expand sideboards. He, he basically said he didn't like the variance created by exactly what we talked about. Sideboard, the lack of specialization in sideboards. These high-impact cards you'd play three to five copies of to make sure you could hedge your matchup. But then if you have that that three to five cards against uh, Amulet Bloom and you happen to go up against Burn and you don't have the right life gain cards or, you know, you don't it doesn't matter. And that's just the case of the feel-bads because you didn't get to prepare. It's too wide of a format. That's his point. Ari Lack suggested supplemental cards, possibly. He 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 discuss, discussed enlarging the format. So you take something like originally modern came from Gavin Verhey's format overextended, which started with the first set that there isn't a reserved card in, uh, which I think is masks. But invasion, invasion was invasion, what he suggested because invasion, it was the first legal right. Magic Online set. Um, and if you follow that run, it's not the worst idea, and it's actually one of my favorite of these different ways recommended of just adding cards and i think what you do is every pro tour you go back a set so instead of growing always you know towards the future you also grow towards the past until you hit that line of now there are reserved list cards um there are issues with this and many many of them are card availability and it's modern is already hard to get your cards on how hard is it going to be if you need to get your hands on cards that are now 20 years old versus 10 years old and then how do you reprint those cards without putting them in standard? Right. So, so I think the, Conspiracy, Masters of Modern, I think there are ways to do that that are not that difficult if you're looking at specific unique cards. For instance, if you go back to Onslaught Block, the main card you get from that format is Stifle. That's the big card you add to the format, which I think does a lot of strong things. And they just reprinted that in Conspiracy last summer. I mean, how much better is Stifle than Trickbind? How much better is it? I, I think significantly to the sense that Stifle sees a ton of play in Modern like or in Legacy and would see play in Modern, and Trickbind sees no play in Modern or Legacy. Well, you have to ask yourself <laughs> if Stifle wasn't legal and people were playing Stifle not, would they just play Trickbind? Well, that's not why Stifle is good. Stifle is good because you counter fetch lands. Purely. True. And, and, I mean, one of the main complaints of Modern is fetch lands in general. They homogenize the format so greatly and make Delve cards so much stronger than they maybe should be that they're not good for the format. And people, but you can't, you can never ban them. It's, there's too much money involved. Yeah, it, it's a complicated issue. But printing cards that make them worse is probably the best answer. So we will, we will include a link to all three of these articles because they all have pretty unique points of view. Right. Um, we have Matt Sperling on the line. Matt is a writer, Channel Fireball, a frequent Pro Tour competitor, the winner of GP San Jose, as well as actually a finalist at GP Denver against friend of the podcast, Andrew Brown, just right. about a month ago. And lastly, the contentious voice at Channel Fireball with Sperling is sick of it. Uh, what's going on, Matt? Hey, how's it going? Uh, Thanks for having me on. Yes, Short notice. Absolutely. No, this is exciting. <laughs> we were we were thrilled about uh, getting to chat about this, and it's, it's really cool of you to offer your time to talk to us. So let's get right into it. Uh, we, we wanted to address today, is modern as a format broken? And you wrote a really interesting article about this recently, just introducing some principles you had in mind, ways to fix the format. So why don't you elaborate for, for a minute on that? Yeah, so I saw my piece as kind of a reaction to this opinion that if modern's broken, the way to fix it is to keep banning things. And, the you know, the first cycle of bannings kind of sounds reasonable. The next one is like, okay, whatever. And now we're at the point where it's like, well, this junk mid-range deck is the best. I guess we'll just still keep banning stuff. Um, so I just felt like people maybe misunderstood the fundamentals of what non-rotating formats are going to bring to the table. And I'm trying to change something that's really fundamental to the format 
with kind of window dressing, right? So you can ban and unban Wild and the Coddle or whatnot, but it doesn't really change the dynamics of having a huge card pool to make decks out of. Yeah, that's interesting. I Do you think that every every single Pro Tour, we're just going to see two to five cards banned and unbanned if they don't make a drastic change to the format now? Do you think that's just what we're going to continue to see over and over again? Yeah, I mean, I think that the pros were frustrated, but then again, the the Watsy people seemed satisfied with the viewership. It was up from a prior Pro Tour. It seemed to be beating, I mean, at least... It's hard to tell, obviously, whether it's general trends or specifics of the format, but the viewing numbers were good. So I expect to see the, the same, at least one modern Pro Tour next year. That's what it looks like. And I don't know what they're going to do to shake things up. Uh, it's really hard to introduce new cards, to print new cards. I mean, you run into more risks, really, than rewards by printing something like Deathrite Shaman. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, I guess we can expect to see another couple of bannings and trying to shake up... Maybe Twin, I think people are sick of, and of course Amulet is a really powerful deck, so those are the kinds of things I think they might touch. So Ali Lax kind of brought this up in his article uh, on like ways to kind of introduce cards to the format. Um, what's your thought on the subject of either extending the format before the arbitrary um, Mirrodin. Mirrodin, Mirrodin block line, or you know adding cards through supplemental products like Ma Masters of Modern or something along the lines of the Commander pre-con products. I think it's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm more interested in adding cards through the non-standard legal offerings than the... Going further back kind of expands some of the problems they have with the reserve list and with... Or even if it doesn't touch the reserve list, it touches card availability, right? So if you do add a new powerful card from a set way back when, then all of a sudden they've got to find a way to reprint that anyways to get to get right. card availability issues. So that doesn't that seems like more of a problem, a solution that leads to more problems. Um, adding new cards through something like a commander set, hmm, I think it might cut you off if your wizards are cut you off from offering things to legacy that way because now you now you're scared about printing True Name Nemesis because it's so good in modern. I'm not sure. I mean, of course you could do modern masters with a new with new offerings with new cards in there. I think that's something somewhat intriguing. Uh, I'd love to see something more organic. I, I like a solution that's not such a, I don't know, I guess I don't like just carving things up with a scalpel and then hoping that this new Frankenstein monster is better than the old. I would rather see start to rotate the format. I know it starts to look like extended and it's a little bit contradictory. Maybe you can just do a slow rotation. People can really see it coming. The old stuff's rotated. Right I'm, I'm not sure exactly. I don't really have a proposal that gets you home run guaranteed to get you into a better format. I just think that, like, banning one card at a time is just not attractive to me. I guess more, and this is kind of what I think your article was saying in the first place, is it's not really broken. The fact that, you know, yes, in the Pro Tour, right out of the gate, when not a lot of people knew it was going to be good, mid-range was the strongest deck, the best reactive deck in the format was the strongest deck, or at least the most played deck. But format yeah. variety is kind of the definition of a healthy format, and... Last This last weekend's top eight was pretty diverse compared to the weekend before. I mean, the one thing that's interesting is right before the bannings, the top eight had eight different decks, and then they banned a bunch of the decks out from under everyone. Yeah. So maybe this banning policy of, like, let's fix modern with the hammer instead of just let it kind of shuffle itself out is what's incorrect and what we need to be wary of. Yeah, and e even if you felt like Birthing Pod and Cruise had to go, I mean, fine. But then now, to look at it... 
Yeah, I just didn't I didn't really understand that. I think with all the different things you've got to balance, all the competing concerns, if you're trying to balance this format, then you end up in a spot where okay, there's thirty there's one deck that's thirty percent of the field. But to try to avoid that, like to add that to your list, okay, we can't have people killing too fast, we can't have a deck that's too powerful. Oh, and by the way, we need to make every deck, you know, ten to twenty percent the most popular decks. It's like, well, why is that your goal? Why? Why can't the pros all feel like this mid-range deck that gives them the tools to feel safe and secure? Or oh, whatever they have, all thought sees it. Like, yeah, of course pros are going to like that deck in the new format, but I just didn't see That doesn't lead me to say, oh, the format's unhealthy. I was having fun in the matches. There was a lot of play to the matches. Um, I understood what PB was saying. The die roll and the matchup uh, randomness, they definitely like are huge. Um, I don't want to discount that opinion. I think that's fair to be fun with that but i also think like it's okay that the pros might not find their favorite format um in this modern but it doesn't mean it's a bad format so I that was just my kind of reaction to that seems like magic as just a general game i mean there's a certain amount of, of parody and and luck obviously that just goes into it and, and the higher skill level you get the more frustrating it can be to lose to something like luck a die roll a matchup but what do you think about something as interesting as say a deck like amulet bloom that shows up does very well at a pro tour then follows up a couple weeks later and has two copies in a top eight. That's a deck that was entirely legal for a couple of years, basically, and only now yeah. with a, has, has you know emerged as a prominent deck because a few people decide to push it. How many other decks like that exist in modern that could be shaking the format up? People just aren't being courageous enough to to play with, discover, brew. What do you think about that? Oh yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think that like, is there a good Gorio's Vengeance deck, a good Gifts deck, and and by good I don't just mean like you know went 3-1 in a daily once upon a time. I mean, like, is it, can you make a really, really good deck? I think it's very possible, right? Uh, and, and, and one new card could certainly take any of those really powerful strategies and push it even more. Uh, I don't think that it's, yeah, I don't think that we see this one Pro Tour now, okay, this is the format. Like, I think that some of the authors were taking a, as a given, the metagame you saw was kind of fixed. I think there's, there are decks that no one played. There are counter strategies. If you want to be if you want to be Abzan, you want to be Infect. It's not. It's not like it's something jumps out as oh, there's a deck that definitely crushes both. But I think that there's room there to play around and and to to react now would, if nothing else, be premature. Well, you don't really want a format where Cryptic Command is every deck's playing it, and it's just like we have to deal with that. That's why Counterspell being in the format might be too strong or too powerful. Is you don't want any deck, even Thoughtseize, is weak against you know top you know just top decking good cards, Counterspell isn't weak yeah. against that. You can just hold the entire game, just have Counterspells and Cryptic Commands and win. So, like, I do think the complaint that maybe Blue is weaker was could be helped by something like Dig Through Time not having been banned in the first place. I understand why Treasure Cruise needed to go, but giving card selection to control decks or to combo decks doesn't... Like, slower combo decks isn't as dangerous, I think, as the, like, card velocity that Treasure Cruise was giving them. Yeah, but I uh, part of me thought that maybe Paulo beated. Uh, I'm never gonna say his name. Paulo and Ari <laughs> Lex, um, their responses were like, "We are kids who grew up in the world of blue being the best reactive deck, and modern yeah. is the world where junk or green black specifically is the base reactive color combination because all the counter spells are tempo based. It's mana leak, which is all about stalling. You know." keeping people from early game and remain, yeah. which is all about stalling till later. Blue is a much more of a tempo color and people are just so used to it being the draw, go control color that they, that's what they want. When I think modern is just a different beast. I think, you know, thoughts is what you're looking at. Yeah, no, I agree. And people had a little bit of a gripe with 
saying thought season was reactive, right? Because you drop your swamp, you play it before they've even done anything. How could it be reactive? But, of course, I think you and I understand that you're trying to break up your opponent's strategy and just take one of their key cards and then, you know, abrupt decay another piece of their puzzle. So, and obviously, I just think that, like, that's a reactive deck and that's the deck that made people... It's more of an emotional thing than even, like, a mechanics of magic thing. People just want to show up to the tournament have a deck that they feel can compete against anyone. They're not going to show up and be drawing dead in a matchup, that kind of thing. It let them do that. Um, and people that really, the people that are pining for like Mana Leak, Snapcaster, Mana Leak it again, maybe Sphinx's Revelation, like it was good in standard, maybe I can get that going. I think the, those people, they might, so maybe some people want that, but does the average modern player want that? I don't think so. I think people being able to play Goblin Guy and attack with it, it provides like a low entry, a low entry point to the format. It provides, um, Kind of a, I mean, it's a nice, like, it's, it speeds things up in terms of the pace of play. If everyone's playing these Snapcaster mirrors, you start to see the rounds drag on, and the days become very long, whether you're playing with them or against them all day. So I think that the average quality of match is going to be improved by in, if Modern can keep Cryptic Command on the fringe. If you want to play it, you're going to have to have some bad matchups, and that's fine. I, I do think, I think the best way, and I think Arlax did mention this as well, um... A card selection tool in the format that doesn't enable combo is something like Ponder does, where it allows control decks to dig for answers and be a little bit more... And when I say control decks, I guess blue control decks. <laughs> um, yeah. like, like, have some selection and give them some tools, because I do think there is a viable deck that people do like to play that is not available to them right now. Or at least it's it's much more of a tier two or even maybe tier three than they would like. And any type, and that's what kind of dig through time was supposed to be, and maybe a weakened version of that, and maybe that was too strong, but something to allow yeah. these decks that want to be able to find answers, find like the singleton toolbox sideboard cards versus situations right now where it's more like I am a grindy Thought seize your hand away, use Leon and make sure you never get the play spells. And that also offers a yeah. similar like grindy game versus a so people, Yeah. So you go. Yeah, people are saying I think people are suggesting with those comments that Ancestral Vision kinda is that card. I would say that look, we've already got like gifts engines and you can play mystical teachings. If you're if you're interested in going along with control, having a toolbox. And I'm not, I have very low confidence that if you put Ancestral Visions alongside all these other cards, that you're not just going to see Liliana and Thoughtseize with Ancestral Visions. So it's like, right. at that point, have you really, uh, you, how do you make people move away from those cards? I'm not sure like a one blue turn one play is really the approach uh, that you're looking for. I think you just need someone to maybe if you slow things down so that gifts and mystical teachings and cryptic command can be the way to go. But I mean, again, I'll, I've said it over and over again, I'm not missing that part of the metagame, but I think that the people who are calling for ancestral visions, they really do want to sit back and play control. I think the, I don't know. I would just tell them, look, I've had some four color gifts deck that were pretty decent. I think if you spent some time really working on those, um, I think that there's like, there's a place for that. So I don't know. Well, I think, I think weekend-to-weekend weekend control, depending on what the metagame looks like, obviously changes in its efficacy. But it seems like, you know, Paulo suggested this 20-card sideboard idea, and Ari Lax had, he had sort of alluded to this idea that, well, certain decks, certain high-velocity combo decks only become good when people forget about them. This was a legacy principle that he was seeing maybe a little more yeah. consistent in modern recently. So if you were to expand sideboards and you could get up to 20 or 22 cards or something like that as opposed to 15, maybe you'd have better options, three, four, five copies of things against tons of decks. But that's just sort of like saying you can make control better by having more information, essentially, to every weekend fight it from a different axis. And I don't know that changing the basic rules of Magic and going beyond 15 makes much sense to me. 
I agree. And once you make like once you make the Snapcaster deck too good, then, then what are you gonna do? Like you're gonna, the other decks, like you can't. It's really gonna be really hard to make the affinity deck better against all these decks that are playing enough hate cards to stop it. I, right, um, it's good that you can dis like the choice of I'm gonna play affinity of like this weekend because I know last weekend it didn't do very well, so hate's gonna be a little looser and it's safer. I think that's a good choice for people to have to apply themselves to the format. It's something you have to yeah. make a decision ahead of time. But it allows, you yeah, know, that's and, metagaming. And, yeah, for sure. And why should a new, why should a, a newer novice player have to battle through Snapcaster mirrors or whatever, like play blue, white, red against against rug? I think uh, one thing I, I don't know. I guess to offer an olive branch to the people who say this is not a good pro tour format, maybe they can do three drafts and seven rounds of modern um, at, at a pro tour. So I, I, I haven't seen that proposal. I kind of, I kind of just came to me right now. I just thought of it, but. So you, normally you have six rounds of draft, you have ten rounds of constructed. People are complaining that look, this modern format has a little bit of randomness. So the pairings, okay, maybe we can take it down to seven rounds. We'll still give the viewers those high, um, you know, those high pressure late rounds where everyone's tuned in to watch modern. Maybe there's a compromise to be struck there. I don't really want to try to like shape things up with the format and hope that the balance is good enough again. Because I think you're seeing with these modern topics, there's not really one deck that's so dominant that you know that everyone's really annoyed by it. So I think it's really, format's in a pretty good place. So the, we, I know I know we, uh, you have to get going, so we have one more question for you. But uh, sure. you mentioned viewership was up and that Watsu was very happy. And the way you just talked about it, the high-pressure situations from, from a viewing standpoint, we talk about a lot in here how that's, that's a great part of the game that's growing and the more effective they can make that, ultimately... I don't get to go to the Pro Tour all that often, if ever. So for me, it's really exciting to get to watch this. Do you think there's a problem from the gameplay perspective or from the viewership perspective, really? I mean, what are we trying to fight here? So a better viewing experience or a better playing experience? Oh, I think, I mean, I, th I, think, I think the viewing experience seems to be fine. I don't, I don't have really inside access except what, I, what I'm told by the people at Wizards that the viewing numbers are good. I think that Modern has its fans and that those fans really like it. Uh, I enjoy watching it. I think this last weekend I had a chance to watch kind of, they had two magic streams. There was Standard on one, GP in uh, Memphis. There was Vancouver that was modern, and, and I kind of found myself switching back and forth, but definitely enjoying the modern matches and watching like Paul Cheon playing twin and having to decide whether to bolt and remand his own bolt or to lose his loot. Land. I don't know. I, I find the games quite interesting. I think that the problem is just that pros want to kind of feel more comfortable with the variance in the format. They want to go into the tournament thinking not, okay, i got to get lucky in Modern. They want to think, like, oh, we have a really great solution for Modern. But I don't think it's asking too much of them to set aside some of those concerns for one Pro Tour a year. Maybe you can make it seven rounds instead of ten. But I don't think that they, it's, it's so bad that they can't deal with it. If anything else, look, you can, some, of the cho some of the pros chose to play the best you know, Abzan Reactive deck. Some of them chose to play the, what they thought was the best linear deck in Infect. The Pantheon guys went that way. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? You can say, oh, this, this aggressive deck is well, this combo deck is well positioned, this aggressive deck is well positioned, or this is the best reactive deck. And so I didn't see much that wasn't working. It's just attitudes were kind of like, oh, well, it doesn't feel great. And I think that's fine. Let the pros deal with that. That's fair. That's fair. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, it was awesome to have this conversation. Uh, you'll be able to, to, to listen to it real soon. We'll, we'll tag you. It'll be out you Thursday. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's exciting to see the format moving forward, and we hope to uh, see you around and talk to you again. Thanks for coming by. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Take care, bud. Bye, guys. So, okay. So that was Matt Sperling. <laughs> that was exciting. Stopped by. That was cool. Um, so kind of the one point I wanted to make, and I think 
that was what came out of it, is what a lot of pros want is a reactive deck, and what they have is a proactive control or, like, controlling deck available to them, and that's something that Magic just isn't used to. I, I do think the biggest fix could be just, and maybe Dig Through Time leaving was a mistake and this was the card, but something like Dig Through Time where it allows them to have some semblance of selection, card selection, without giving combo too much of a bump. See, the, and that's the weird line that I think they're walking and having difficulty figuring out how to fix. Here's my feeling. I, I really think you, you will never find a perfect balance. I just don't think you ever will. I think no matter what people think about, no matter what, what suggestions people have as far as the most powerful cards and what the base colors of the, the strongest decks should be, something will always be affected. There will always be a dominant strategy. So I guess the question is, have we found the perfect balance? Well, maybe. So here, here would be this would be the thing I take away from all those articles, and, and we sort of talked to Sperling about this a little bit, was... One of the major concerns is that turns two and three are actually a little bit more vulnerable to unfair strategies than people think. They want the format to be this turn four format. But as we saw, two copies of Amulet Bloom showed up in the top eight of GP Vancouver. I saw on camera more than once a literal turn one win with that deck. Right. It's, it has the turn one. Right, right. And the fact that that's a thing you can do, it doesn't make me feel like you need to get rid of Amulet Bloom because to me that's exactly the kind of deck right. Modern wants. Crazy weird shenanigans. I mean, you brewed a list earlier today and said to me that has zero lands in it. That's well, Travis would brew that list. I got it from him. But ah, yes. bless it. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> um, but in any case, uh, I wonder if and he has two. By the way, he has two. <laughs> li- he like is on bid on a no land kick. He has one that's like elves that has like I think five lands and another one that has actually zero lands and both of them in, it one's charbelcher yeah. and the other one is like the same right. kind of mill your whole deck out of the way right. um use the, what's the guy yeah the uh, vamp uh, the the what was grind the demir mechanic from uh right. crash sure 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 the Creatures. black, you're yeah, the black yeah, yeah. card yeah, yeah, yeah well there's two of them they're uh mill until you hit a land and then get the guy but back. if you have no lands you right. mill everything sure sure right i actually have ha- i've been thinking about problems with modern if we want to really break it down and i'm resistant to be on the oh we need to ban another card because it's a problem but i do think this card might be the problem with modern and that's splinter twin um it's an interesting so i don't think it's too powerful but what it does is it makes it so two drops power levels are insanely high in the format it makes it so... And like, Geist of St. Draft is a terrible card in Modern right now. And the reason is is because tapping out on turn three for a card that's not actively, like, affecting your ability to win the game, like, right there. Like, Liliana works because you're, like, getting rid of cards out of their hand. But, like, it, it doesn't... And you have Thoughtseize to kind of set that up. But when they're playing... You play Geist and then they tap down and play Splinter Twin and win that next turn, it puts such a weird barrier in the format it makes almost every three drop spell in the form which makes tarmogoyf so much stronger which makes tassiger so much stronger which makes all of these things you can play on turn two way better because it prevents you from like then you can hold up reactive spells on that turn three play and i'm not saying get rid of cards because i actually think we're in a pretty good place i do think the bannings before this pro tour almost made the format more boring uh, I would, I mean, I would sort of agree with you, and and to that your point speaks to my point, which is essentially, because I was thinking about this. Okay, what does Legacy have that Modern doesn't? Force of Will. Now that's the big card. I don't want to see Force of Will in Modern, but it has Force days of Will, Wasteland, Days. But I, the but, two things are counter spells that affect the board in a, in a in like an efficient way, right? Which this format doesn't have, and card selection. Because sure. I would argue it's it the and land destruction, I guess, like the three defining cards of Legacy. And Matt Sperling mentioned this in his article, which we'll link to in the below. Uh, below is Wasteland, Brainstorm, Force of Will. 
Sure. Those so, are the three cards. So here's the reason that those things won't happen, right? And not because I think they should, but just so that listeners understand. Uh, Ponder and Preordain were banned, so Brainstorm is not going to come to the format. That's, that'll never happen. It's pointless. Uh, Wasteland, you don't really want Wasteland in the format. It doesn't It doesn't make any sense. It also would devalue the card too much, so that's never going to happen. You get right. Tech Edge and Ghost Quarter. Now, Force of Will, to me, was the one that started to get me thinking. Not because I want Force of Will in the format. Ari Lax referenced another card, fo- uh, Foil, from Prophecy. Or not Prophecy. Uh, I think it's Prophecy. No, it is. Yeah, it's a pro- it is right. Prophecy. It's Discard an Island and another blue card. To, it's... It's three for one in yourself as opposed to two for one in yourself. But, right. Uh, what I started to think about was rather than force of will, I want something that's a free effect that doesn't lose me the game. I don't need it to strip cards out of their hand. I don't need it to kill a creature. I want a free effect of some kind that allows me to play my Geist. Maybe it's the card I'm talking about costs zero. You lose half your like life. Like a free counter spell? <sighs> no, like a free angel's grace. Like you tap out for Splinter Twin. I get my free Angel's Grace, and then I untap, and I get to path your guy while you're tapped out, and you can't respond to it because, but that's because it's it's only fair, like you said. Otherwise, that's the Splinter Twin problem. That the Splinter, it's not that playing a four drop and tapping. Yeah, but out then is, they play that. Mm, I guess you want something that doesn't necessarily counter something. You, you want something that stops you from losing. That's what I'm saying. Because if you, okay. so you get a chance come, to then untap on your turn. Because if Force of Will comes back, they just use Force of Will. Right. So you can't have a blue right, counter right. spell that's free. That doesn't work. Pact of Negation is the right one for that. Because it's restrictive. And I don't know if Splinter Twin is necessarily the big bad. I think that's one of the reasons Abrupt Decay is so good. What it comes down to, there is a hole for blue decks. And that's what the pros, or some of the pros, Sperling obviously said that, you know, they can stop whining about it. (laughs) Right. Um, But, you know, some type of efficient blue counterspell, some type of efficient, or even inefficient, but like playable uh, blue selection is what a lot of them are asking for. Because it allows you to play an easier game to be able to counter the wide variety of decks in the format that attack at different angles. My argument, I think Matt's argument, is that, so what? I mean, like, we're in a format where over the last two Pro Tours, or the last two Top 8s Pro Tour and the GP, like, I think I have them right here, I think it's nine different archetypes we're Top 8ing, and that's good. It's fascinating. That's what you want. I mean, like, Standard has a similar thing where it rotates every couple of months. Modern doesn't have that, but it has that much of a variety. So when a deck like Boggles, an interesting hex-proof, kind of all-in, I guess, I don't even want to call it, it's basically a combo deck, can show up out of nowhere, and this has won a GP before, but to show up randomly at this Grand Prix last weekend, after all the hubbub right. and all the complaining, to me is really fascinating. You see, you saw Merfolk start to make a little bit of like a comeback. It was, it was a deck that was doing very well. I like, and this I brought this up with Sperling, and the thing that I like so much is, a deck like Amulet Bloom is, is legal for two years, but it takes two years of people experimenting right. with it right. for it to finally show up. And I just think that people can stop complaining, and they need to keep experimenting with how to brew, because it is an interesting format. There is a lot of play to the games, and Splinter Twin is the perfect combo deck for the format. It's turn four. That's right. it. Right, right, right. And I think that's why, on the other end, the people are wanting some type of selection, because... One of the reasons Noggles did well is because people were playing less Wear and Tears this weekend. Because people were playing less Spell Sketch this weekend. And people were playing maybe less Liliana's this weekend. Or there was less Liliana's that ended up facing. And and Thoughtseize isn't very good against them, to be totally honest. So you have this situation where a deck, even if they... Like, they have to sacrifice their Noggles matchup. Or their Boggles matchup. To be able to do well against their Burn matchup. When if a control deck had some type of selection, I'm not. That's why I don't like the counterspell plan. I don't think the format necessarily needs more counterspells. I think what the format needs is some type of card selection. I just don't think it, like an efficient or good one exists. I like 
obviously we've talked about this toolbox are a thing I like, right. but even not necessarily a toolbox thing, but there's no way, even in matchups, if I have answers for me to dig for them. So if I have to dedicate like five slots to affinity instead of three, because I have no way to proficiently get to one of my three answers. So I need five. I need it. So I guarantee I'm going to get two answers for affinity. So how do I do that right now? It, eats up sideboard slots. When in reality, a card that let, lets you kind of get there maybe is what the format needs. I'm not, and this is something that either Wizards needs to unban, be it, and I don't think it's Inceptral Visions. I think people are underestimating how strong that card is in ways that they're not thinking of. And I don't think it makes the game much more fun if that card's legal. I think it makes right. it less fun, It makes honestly. it less fun. Uh, it just makes Colonnade way better. I mean, it, it, not even just Colonnade. It, I think it makes Delver better. I think Blue-Red Delver comes back. I think, yeah. like... It's not, it's Treasure Cruise, but it's better than Treasure Cruise in many ways. I think it's not fully better. I do think Treasure Cruise is better. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you play for on turn one or four, let it happen. But when you get it, you basically win that game if you're a combo deck. Imagine Splinter Twin playing that card. No, it's, it's crazy. There's no doubt about it. Um, but dig through time, two cards out of seven, yes, it made decks like Scapeshift better and decks like... Um, Twin better, but Twin's already good, and it doesn't make it that much stronger. Twin's still going to find its combo, so yet it's still just going to win on turn four. My, Is it better that it happens 10% of the more of the time? I'm, I'm going to think that the more abrupt decays and the more counterspells then, because Twin has a bad matchup against Scapeshift, a bad matchup against Affinity, a bad matchup against... Abzan, because these decks can either are proficiently act proactive against them or have answers to what they're doing, and that's what Dig Through Time allows. This, this to me is the is the whole. This is the whole kit and caboodle, the whole thing. Um, I'm, that sounds silly. To me, this is the <laughs> whole thing. I don't think you're going to be able to fix or or balance the format in a way beyond what it is now by adding or subtracting cards that are already printed. I, I think, also don't think. I think fix is the wrong word. Sure, okay, I think it's okay. fine. Balance. I also don't think. That by by designing cards that are just interesting magic cards and you introduce through standard and having them be introduced to the format, you will be able to sidestep them making the strategies that already exist more or less powerful. I think, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, but Spellskite to me is a card... <laughs> no, no, hear me out on this. Because Spellskite to me is a card that combats so many decks as a sideboard option and it's playable in every deck. How much worse do you think Magic, the modern format, would be if that card didn't exist? How much worse would sideboard plans be? Worse is every... a strong word, but but it's such a conven such a convenient card that is so well balanced that that functions so well against so many strategies that I think what you need are cards. Honestly, you need more cards like that that don't make certain decks that much better. They just make your options to not lose the unfair strategies. You, like better. what you and, and, and you've come up with like this angel grace like. I mean, beast, I don't know but what I think it what is. you really need is. An artifact hate card that is on a creature that also gains you life. Something like uh, Ooze, which is really good because it's like a burn hate card because it gains you life and it's a graveyard hate card. So it kind of does two jobs. You need more of the toolboxy hate cards versus the stuff that are like the nukes. Like you need to play less um, Stony Silence that like your affinity and Tron matchups, they're just dead. But like against other decks, it's completely worthless and play more cards that are gain you 10 percentage points against affinity yeah i just i just what i think it is is that if you and these cards we're talking about they're not going to be cards that are particularly interactive with standard because they reference a, a style of magic play that doesn't exist in standard really because but standard's not designed to win on turn three or four standard is designed to win on turn five and six at the best so it's 
at the best. I mean, that's why I, I just sort of say this. Like, I don't think the way modern is right now is a problem. I think yeah. modern is actually great. I agree. Um, so th- that to me would be the uh, quotations fix here. But uh, I think that uh, pretty much wraps up. I think that pretty much wraps up our yeah, our subject our, like, for the day. Right. So, you know, as always, please tweet at us what you guys think on the internets. Um, we will listen. We will talk about it. We will tweet back at you. I think so far we haven't not retweeted or tweeted at anyone who's tweeted at us. We tweet so, everyone. Yeah, all everyone, of all of you, and mostly with kindness. Yeah, so, we're pretty excited. Um, <laughs> uh, remember that our Twitter is at the MMCast. Uh, my personal one is at Kess Wiley. You can find me at, at Ben Bateman Media on like everything, right? And everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Making fun of me because I say it right. Yeah, every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you know, we have a sister podcast. They do commander content. It's pretty awesome. The, uh, it stars Jimmy Wong and Josh Lee Kwai. They're also on rocketjump.com. Uh, it's called The Command Zone. Uh, you can find them at The Command Cast on Twitter. And then uh, something we're starting to do now, we uh, have started a YouTube channel with them. So we are a game guru uh, on YouTube. You can search for us. Uh, we post our videos there every week of the podcast. We're going to start releasing other content. Uh, you might know that I came from Top Decking, and Top Decking's entire seasons are on that channel right now. Um, beyond that, please rate us on iTunes. And please, 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 stars. please tweet at Matt Sperling. Let him know how awesome it was that he came on the cast. Today. Oh yeah, we definitely. Were very definitely. excited to host him. Yeah, we, and, uh, definitely thank Matt Sperling. Uh, MTG underscore Law underscore etc. Uh, right. is his Twitter. So just let him know how awesome it was to hear him talk about modern and uh, to thank him. And we will and see thank you, guys. Matt Sperling, because yes. I'm hoping you're listening to this right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so thank you, and we will uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the mmcast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.